Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Hey, it's great to be with you today at Freedom Church. Sorry I can't be there in person. It will happen one day. My name is Steve Campbell. Um, My wife and I lead the C3 Church here in Cambridge, and we love Sim and Lottie and think you're a great church, pioneering a great way, and we love just to be friends with you and associated. Sim Sim has asked me uh, to speak uh, today and given me freedom in the subject that I'm addressing. So I've decided to talk on something that's become very dear to me, close to my heart over this COVID season. To be honest, it's been a season of a lot of losses for us, a lot of mourning. We've been blessed in it and we can sometimes try and trivialise the losses by talking about the blessing and all that we've received and the good stuff. But there's been a particular verse from the Beatitudes that has really helped us, especially looking into it and trying to understand it. I'm sure, like many of you, I love the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, some of the most sublime teaching that Jesus ever did from uh, recorded for us in the book of Matthew there, Matthew 5, 6 and 7. And I just want to read the first three Beatitudes to you. Uh, This is uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall or will inherit the earth. And we could go on, you know, some of the latter ones. Blessed are those when people insult you. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is teaching on the kingdom of heaven in reality, in experience here and now. When I was a youngster, my dad used to say to me, you know, these, these, these are for a future millennial age, son. These don't apply to now because no one could live up to these. Well, I know what he meant, but I don't believe that anymore. These are kingdom blessings we can live in the here and now. And of course, the word blessed has become very popular. If you're on Instagram or Facebook, you will see the term hashtag blessed used quite a lot about all kinds of things. And I've realized it's very in vogue. People use it effectively to boast about things they have received. So it's a way of trying to sound humble, but really it's a way of blessing. So one I saw was a picture of a perfect family with perfect teeth, smiling, hashtag bless my family, or someone else scholarship to university, hashtag blessed, or someone else promotion to work, hashtag blessed. It's this kind of boasting, but trying to sound humble at the same time. For Christians, we use the term blessed all the time, and we we should do, because we are. But sometimes we associate blessing with uh, the perfect family, lots of close friends, perfect children, if they exist, a healthy body, a successful career, financial security. That's what we sometimes talk about the blessing, as if these are the essentials to a blessed life. And if we have all of these, wow, aren't we really blessed? Whereas in reality, it's different. Is it possible to have none of those things I just listed and still be blessed? Is it possible to have all of those things I just listed and yet still be missing out on the true blessing? According to the Beatitudes and the words of Jesus, absolutely. Blessing is not defined in these verses or, and I haven't finished my search on this, or in any other New Testament verse where it's associated with prosperity or getting more stuff. It seems to be always associated with some pretty negative life experiences, persecution uh, and, and, and hardship and insults 
and mourning. Really, Jesus, do, do you understand what blessing is about? Blessed are those who mourn. In fact, in the original language when Jesus would have spoken these in, in Aramaic, there was no word for ah, there was no verb that was placed in this sentence. It should more be like this, oh, blessed, or the blessedness of the poor in spirit. Oh, the blessedness of those who mourn. When you put the R in there, it sounds a little bit more legal and formal. These are exclamations of joy to be experienced in the here and now. These are not just kind of some pious promise for the future, though they embrace the future. That's what the kingdom is like. It's both now and future. So, of course, they'll be in the future, but they're to be experienced here and now. You'll be comforted if you mourn. Yes, you will. These are promises. This is more like congratulations and celebrations. You're mourning, but there's a comfort that goes with it. And of course, Jesus answers the question, what is the blessing that goes with mourning? When he says, for you will or shall be comforted. The corresponding blessing is the comfort that comes. But we need to understand this in context. Jesus teaching to the disciples and to the crowd that were looking on, when he uses the word comfort, straight away their understanding would have been about the Messiah who would bring comfort. So what Jesus is saying in this is he's not saying one day, somewhere, somehow, by someone. He's saying the comfort is coming to the mourners and I am the comforter. Of course we know the Holy Spirit is called the comforter. But Jesus is prophesied in Isaiah, and they would have understood this. They would have known the prophet Isaiah, 39 chapters we know of, of despair, of judgment. And then it turns at Isaiah 40 with these words, Isaiah 40 verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And he goes on to record those words that John the Baptist applied to himself, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. And so when they heard the word comfort, they would know it would be associated with the Messiah that had come. And here's Jesus, the one who's been prophesied, the one who John the Baptist has prepared the way for, and he's announcing to them, I'm here to comfort those who mourn. I'm here to bring in the kingdom of God to those that are poor in spirit, for those that are insulted because of me, to those who suffer for righteousness, and so on and so on. He even talks about the land that they were all hoping they could come into, that he prophesies they'll inherit the earth with pure hearts and such like. I'm here to bless you. I've been listening to a podcast, um, I'd recommend it, maybe some of you listen to it, by Carrie Newoff. It's an interview, it's nearly two hours long, um, with Gordon MacDonald. Gordon MacDonald's one of the first megachurch pastors. He was an editor of Christianity Today or Christianity Magazine, uh, a sage, uh, 81 years of age, a very, very wise man. Very honest, very uh, understanding of himself. And, and he's written a list, 15 things that as an 81-year-old, he wants to pass on advice, particularly to leaders in this day and age. And his second point was this. He says, I would like to encourage pastors to be more a priest than a preacher. In fact, I think he widens it from pastors to all people. Be more a priest than a preacher. And he tells the story of how on September the 11th, he was on a highway and the Twin Towers had been 
flown into and the disaster had struck then. He was off to a conference and was going to speak at a conference. And all the traffic is going into New York and he's going away from the area. And he thinks there's something wrong here. I need to, to see what, what I can do. And he rings a Salvation Army friend and says, can I be of any help at Ground Zero? The Salvation Army friend says to him, of course you can. can you, how quick can you be there? So I'll be there in 24 hours. And he goes to Ground Zero and he's there with a friend who is a Trappist monk, a man called Norman. Norman the Trappist monk, we shall know him as from here on in. And he's walking around with Norman. Norman's in all his regalia as a monk. And they're pulling out body parts and they're identifying dead bodies and there's people mourning and crying. And he, he says it's an awful situation as we can hardly imagine. And Norman, as he's, been, as he's walking around, people keep running up to Norman, falling at his knees. And they cry, would you bless me, Father? Would you bless me, Father? And, and Gordon MacDonald was observing this and he says to his friend Norman, what do you say to them? And this is what he records as Norman says he, sa he says to them. He says, I put the sign of the cross on them and I say in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, I sign you with the cross. Go in peace, my dear friend, and do what God wants you to do. And what happens is then, um, Gordon says to Norman, has anyone ever said that to you? And Norman says, oh, a long time ago. Gordon says, can I say it to you? And he says, of course you can. And Norman falls to his feet. And, and Gordon puts the sign of the cross in him and says the same thing. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I sign you with the cross. Go in peace, my dear friend, and do what God wants you to do. And he said, from that moment on in my life, I've tried to be more of a priest than a preacher. And I know what he means. We don't just want to impart all that we know and information. We want to leave blessing. And the Beatitudes are when Jesus, as the priest, our great high priest, is standing there and saying, I want to be a blessing to you. And every one of you is welcome into this kingdom. One preacher suggests that what Jesus would have done, and often would have done this, was rather than just preach this, he would have brought people out of the crowd as exhibits to show the reality of this. So maybe there was a man that was demon-possessed just a few days ago. He's still got the bruises on his head. He's still got the cuts on his faces. He's still got the damage to his body when the demons would take over him. And he calls the man out and says, hey, come out, come here. And he stands him there in front of the crowd and says, look, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom. The kingdom of God is his. And everyone gasps and says, one of us, welcome to the kingdom. And not only one of us, the worst of one of us. And immediately the man would have said, yeah, I'm exhibit A. I, I, I am the poster boy for the kingdom of heaven. It's come into my life and changed me through Jesus. And then blessed are those who mourn. Maybe Jesus looked in the crowd, saw an elderly widow who just a few months earlier had lost her husband. She's an old woman. She has no children. Her children, she was barren all her life. She calls her out. And as he's calling her out, he whispers to John the beloved who's sitting near him. John, don't forget, we look after widows. She's part of us now. He brings her out. And he says to this woman who, if she'd have been younger, she may have turned to prostitution. But no, everyone knows she can't do that now. She's an old wizened lady, stooped with sorrow in her eyes, mourning still the loss of her husband. And Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, 
for they will be comforted. And he, the comforter himself, throws his arms around her and brings her in. And then John gets up, John, the huggy bear, and he gives her a hug, kisses her on her cheek and says, welcome, mom, I'll look after you. Exhibit B, the kingdom of heaven. This is the reality. This is the reality of the kingdom. All are welcome. The blessedness comes in many and unusual ways. We don't like to talk about mourning. We hide it away. We do it behind closed doors. Jesus brings it out into the open and says, Oh, the blessedness of the mourn. They will be comforted. And I just say this to you. If you think mourning isn't going to come to you, think again. It will. The blessing doesn't come through us gaining more in this life. It comes to the experiences of life that allow us to imbibe the kingdom of heaven. My advice to you is reframe your needs. Reframe your suffering. Both what you're going through now and what you will go through. Think about it differently. Don't think, I'm never going to go through this stuff. Know that you will, but seize the moment as opportunities to receive from God. Because there are some situations in life by way of blessing that you could never have received unless you went through them. And ultimately what Jesus is saying, you know, blessing is really about anything that God gives that makes us fully satisfied in him. Anything that draws us closer to Jesus. I once read an article by um, uh, John Piper it's not everyone's cup of tea, and I like just to hear what he says. I don't agree with everything he says. But he talked about his dog. I think his dog was called Blackie, or is called Blackie. And someone asked him, will Blackie be in heaven with you? And his reply was, if Blackie helps me be more fully satisfied in Christ, he'll be there. If he doesn't, he won't. Because God will give us what we need at any given time so that we may be more fully satisfied in him. Anything that draws us closer to Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn. Where's the blessing? Because in it we can be drawn closer to Jesus. He's not saying that mourning is good. He's rather saying the reality of the presence of the kingdom that's coming in Jesus Christ, the blessing that's there as a consequence of it. He's not saying mourning is a good thing. He's saying the consequences of it can be in the presence of Jesus and in other ways we can be comforted. Now, some interpret these verse, this verse to talk about mourning over our sin. It could be that. The mourning over the sin of others from the Isaiah 40 passage. It could be that. But honestly, I think it's about loss in relation to our deal, the ones we love most dearly. Why? Because the word that Jesus is even used in the Septuagint, the Greek Bible, in Genesis 37, 37 for us in our Bibles, where Jacob mourns over the loss of his son, Joseph, or at least he thought he was lost. It's where it affects the body, mind, and spirit. But through it, there can come a presence of God. There's something that allows us to be blessed through that morning. We've been doing some uh, work on our, our house, our home during lockdown. And um, we've done our, our kitchen and then we've done our hallway. It's open for viewing, £1.50 each to come in. Uh, and, and we put in our, our porch, we're having a new door fitted on the porch. We saw a little mat 
that we thought that'll go just nicely and, and it's got grey in it, which is the theme we've done. And I brought it here to show you. This is what we've put in our porch. Uh, it, it's small, but there are other mats in there. And it says, do you know the word? Welcome. A very small mat with a humongous word. Welcome. And as I was walking out the other day and I'm, I'm just thinking on the Beatitudes, I thought, you know what? The Beatitudes are really about welcome. Welcome into the presence of God. Welcome into satisfaction of life. Welcome to the good life. Welcome to blessing that's not related to the situations around us that's haphazard. It's not that kind of haphazard happiness. Something that's blessed, this permanent joy, even in mourning. Because when you read it, it's all about welcome. Welcome into the kingdom. The first thing you'll see as you come into our house then is this mat. Welcome. And what we're saying to you is we don't just want to tolerate you here. We want you to come and be belong. Come on, put your take your shoes off, put your feet up on the couch, come and eat in our from our cupboard. Help yourself. You're welcome. We want to celebrate you, not begrudgingly welcome you. Come in. You belong here. And that's what the Beatitudes are about. They're celebrating that people can come in. John Orberg asked, What do the Beatitudes look like today? How would we frame them today? And he says, What are the who are the people that our culture says are shut out of the good life? And then he suggests, I'm going to read to you a list of some silly ones. He said, because we live in a silly world. And then some really serious ones that welcome people. Here's some silly ones that we could say today in our world. Blessed are the geeks. Blessed are the nerds. Blessed are the wimps. Blessed are you when you have dandruff and blemishes and all manner of bad breath. Blessed are you, those of you who have no fashion sense. Blessed are the uncoordinated. Blessed are the wrinkle, wrinkled. For Jesus says to you, you're not a loser. You are welcome to the party. You think mourning puts you on the outside? You think people can't understand? You feel isolated and lonely? Come on, you're here to be blessed. I'm your comfort. And there are others who've been blessed as well in these kind of seasons, and they get it too. And they can be the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham that through you, all nations will be blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. So it's about the comfort of Jesus, but it's about the comfort of others who will come around us, the hands and feet of Jesus who can come. We long for presence in times of mourning and you can know the presence of God you can know the presence of others who don't come necessarily with words or crass sentences that they want to say they come and they're just there for you the more serious ones might be this Blessed are the anxious, blessed are the unemployed, blessed are the divorced, blessed are the homeless, blessed are the dropouts and the burnouts and the leftouts, blessed are the chronically angry, blessed are the sexually addicted and sexually frustrated, blessed are the mentally ill, blessed are the HIV positive, blessed are the parents who failed, blessed are the children who ran away, blessed are the barren, blessed are the pregnant out of wedlock, blessed are the failures, blessed, blessed, blessed. Yes, Blessed to the well-off and the educated too. Although, please be careful. Don't confuse that blessing as though that's the end game. Or that now you're in this club, you can meet with others who are blessed and educated and got it all together. And you can be this nice little enclave. No, no. You're meant to be open to those in every situation of life and can be a blessing. And as you receive it, you're meant to bless others. I've discovered this. Pain and loss transform us. Presence comes. There are some things we can only get in those seasons of life. 
We long to know God is with us and for us. He can come in the morning. Please don't fool yourself. It can't happen to you. It's meant to happen to you. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. He doesn't say that you may not grieve. It's right for the Christian to grieve. Christian grieving is real and right. Don't minimise it with uh, platitudes. I've been so tempted to say, Oh, yeah, we're going through some tough stuff, but we're blessed over here. As though that blessing over there that's going well should somehow compensate for what we're going through. There's a time for mourning, but there's a time for every season, and sometimes they run simultaneously in life. There's a unique and special promise and nearness that you can enjoy through grieving. There's a promise of comfort. Oh, there's also a promise of God healing the wounds. I was talking to a young man, this was a few years ago now, and he said to me, he'd lost his dad through cancer. And he said, I don't want to enjoy life. Because I feel it will be an insult to my father and it won't honour him. And I, I said to him, no, it won't be an insult to your father. You know why? Because Jesus wants to heal you and wants you to live a life that's full. I didn't say to him the usual thing, your dad wants. I said, I applied it to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus comes to heal the brokenhearted. Listen to these Psalms, Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. What about this one? Psalm 30, verse 5. His anger is but for a moment and his favours for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And that's not a literal 24-hour clock. There are different times and seasons that we go through, but there's a promise of healing and joy. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry blog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Psalm 40, verse 1 to 3. How long did David have to stay in the pit? Don't know. But I do know there was a presence of God with him in there. And so I just want to close... Uh, and pray for any of you that are listening, Freedom Church, that might be going through mourning right now. And here's a word of advice to you. Don't play toppers, my mourning, my loss is greater than yours. It doesn't matter what your loss is, it's real to you and Jesus wants to comfort you in it. I think the worst loss is loved ones. But the loss of a job, the loss of a pet, the loss of a friend, not through death but through some kind of breakage in relationship, can be very real and you need the comfort of God in it. And so I just want to pray for you as I finish and ask that you will know a blessing in your morning through the comfort of God himself, of the presence of Jesus, the closeness of the Holy Spirit, and yes, the arms and hands of others around you who are there to be a blessing. Father, I pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for blessing for my brothers and sisters, those who are mourning right now, whatever their loss, that they will know the reality of the kingdom coming in Christ himself and the Holy Spirit and those around them and that then they too can go and be a blessing to others. Lord, we don't understand every situation we go through when we're mourning, but we too do trust you, the eternal one who's walked even through the valley of the shadow of death and come out the other side. And we trust you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, Freedom Church.
Love and appreciate you. Bye-bye. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.